0: This is reposted. Every morning, Larry and I dig into a quote or idea that has caught our eye. Our hope is that our chat inspires you to never stop thinking and
1: possibly challenges you in a new way. Thank you for stopping by. This episode is brought to you by Stellomints. Man, in a crazy world that we live in, it is nice to have a friend friend in a mint. I've mentioned this all the time. I'm carpooling the kids all over. The wife's texting me that we're having a dinner party. People are coming over. The neighbor is uh, throwing things over the wall. I just take a personal minute with Stella mints, pop a mint, and it just take a second of refreshments powered by CBD. Stella mints are fast and simple way to feel more calm and clear-minded throughout your day. And now for a limited time, you get 15% off Stellomints. mints simply go to stellomints.com, use the co- promo code reposted that's stello all spelled out s-t-e-l-l-o mints.com and use the coupon code reposted for 15% off hello there mr keller
0: hey how's it going i, I want to know what this uh neighbor throwing stuff over the wall looks like but that well, might yeah, be it's a kind of crazy episode.
1: we don't know who it is it's just like stuff's just appearing on our on our lawn wow yeah but i'm staying cool because i got the Stello. yeah Interesting experience over the weekend for me. We were at some friend's house at about five. Didn't know it was going to go down at about like seven. We had the kids, the families, and they're like, Hey, why don't you just stay here? Go get some pizza. So I volunteered to go drive and get pizzas on my way back. I kind of take a circuitous route. I noticed a guy struggling to get his tire off on the side of the road. I got the pizza. I got eight pizzas. Everybody's waiting for me. I'm like, man, this guy looks like he's struggling. So I pull over, Help this guy get his thing off. I got a, I get nails in my tires all the time, so I got the big time jack trying to get this thing off. Wow! I can't get it off. I now notice that I'm like stripping the bolts on his tire, so I'm like, all right, well, listen, buddy, I'll call AAA and they'll come do it for you. Sure enough, AAA says is going to be like two hours. I'm like, what? So I go take this guy to where we're having pizza, let him wash his hands, give him some pizza. We have a little bit of a talk. Turns out he's from Tunisia. It's only been in the country seven months. He's going to City College. He's basically an immigrant. And I was like, wow, just to get to know this guy's story, sort of secure. I mean, I can't, circuitous, meant to be whatever, that I would be driving down the street. He would need help and that I'd get the chance to know his story. If you're paying attention, you see, I don't know if you, you watch the news at all, but there's these 14,000 Haitian immigrants that are like under this Del Rio bridge. If you watch the news at all, CNN's playing it like 10,000 times a day. Here's today's quote from Robert F. Kennedy. Our attitude towards immigration reflects our faith in the American ideal. We have always believed it possible for men and women who start at the bottom to rise as far as the talent and energy allow. Neither race nor place of birth should affect their chances. Now, it seems like there's a little bit of anti-immigrant sentiment. Donald Trump kind of stoked those. But if you think about it, like when the Irish were coming, people were complaining about the Irish coming. So it's always been sort of anti-immigrant sentiment here in our country.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the kids get off my lawn a little bit. But uh, I mean, I, I kind of have I see both sides of the immigration to the United States. I traveled a little bit. And um, when I've gone to third world countries, pretty much uh, most people I've met have told been able to tell me where they are in the process of trying to become an American citizen or try to come to the U.S. when I was in um, Guyana and South America. It was tongue-in-cheek, but pretty much every female I met asked me to marry them so they could come to the U.S. And so like, I believe that we should let people into the United States, but also if we say open the floodgates, I think to some extent we could be overwhelmed. Obviously, there's people that are happy in their country and don't want to come to the U.S., but there's a lot of people that do want to come here, and a system has to be set up to say you can come in and you can't. I don't think we have a perfect system, but they're like, I don't even know... I don't know the best way to do it. So I, I don't know if you have differing thoughts on, should we open the gates to the United States?
1: I just feel like there's lots of um, very black and white thinking when it comes to immigrants. If you've ever met an immigrant, like, so that's why I'm bringing this. I met this guy who just moved here. I met a guy once at someone's house. She's an immigration lawyer. He, uh, the Cameroon was undergoing a civil war. He flew from Camero- Cameroon to Uruguay and then walked from Uruguay to the United States. People are coming to the United States looking, to, they're just, they can't, if they stay any longer where they're at, they'll die. El Salvador, gang prompts. People don't come to the United States because they want to. There's no other option. They walk across the South American economy. So I too don't know what the, um, uh, what should happen, but I feel like we just think of these immigrants as like coming to suck our resources. No, they're coming because there's nowhere else for them to go in their own country.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think kind of with anything where if you talk to an enemy on a micro level and got to know them, you would know them better. But when it's big picture, like if you sat down and met with every single person that wanted to come into the United States, probably the majority of them would be likable. And you'd say, yeah, they're I mean, probably some people who aren't so unsavory. That we shouldn't let in here, but when you're talking about a country of, I don't know, I think we're around 300 million right now, and you have to set policies. You can't think of it on a micro level; it has to be more macro, and that's when you get this—you um, get unfortunate side effects of that, and and people fleeing these countries don't have the opportunity to come here.
1: So, 14,000 Haitians just under that bridge in Del Rio. We just admitted 65,000 Afghanis after we did the big flight out of the country. Yeah. What do you think the number one country in the world is as in terms of taking in refugees? Let's take, um, I would guess the US just
0: because everything is through the lens of me being a United States citizen and hearing about people wanting to come here. That's probably not right, but uh, you tell me.
1: We didn't make the top five. Turkey is the largest country that takes in refugees. Colombia is number 2, Pakistan 3, Uganda 4, and then Germany. Is that is that
0: by volume of like raw numbers or is it percentage? Yeah, by volume of, the population? of raw. Numbers. Wow.
1: So yeah, I guess we don't let people in. I don't know. You know, the part of the reason people want to come here, I mean, it, once again there's the great American ideal that if you come here you're going to get a fair shake, which is why I sort of tend to be conservative Republican kind of guy is that like hey, let's give everybody a fair shake. And then whoever works the hardest is, is going to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. One of the other things that reason people, I heard this guy give this talk, this business guy from um, from Silicon Valley wants to give this talk, is because in America, you can fail. In other countries around the world, if you start a business and fail, your family gets shamed and nobody will have anything to do with you. If you come to America, you can fail as many times as you want. And that is a good thing to people around the world. Yeah, I mean- I guess it kind of depends on where you come from because I think we have this
0: ma- mentality here in general that's like you should be doing something more with your life and you should always be trying to start a business or be more successful. And then you think about more of the. I've been kind of interested in the Scandinavian countries more recently and how they're always ranking in the the highest of happiness. And that's not because they're all successful and have all all the money. It's because They were just raised in a different system, which I guess socialism is the best way to describe it. But it's not I don't think we can even fully understand it from our the way I was raised. But like, basically, you have a purpose and you fit within a system and that creates happiness because you feel fulfilled. You don't have this static saying you should be doing more. And so people leave different countries with different mentalities. And there's a culture shock moving in into the U.S., I don't think the U.S. is the best place for everyone in general. Like that mentality of the U.S. is the best country in the world. I don't think it is for everyone. It's funny Do you talk
1: about the Norwegian countries because I, I mean, it's sort of socialism, right? Like we're all going to take a little bit less so that we're all better off in the whole, which I think yeah. is very antithetical to the United, the idea of the United States. But you see that in these polls all the time. They're much happier that even though they have less, but most people have more.
0: Yeah. And they're raised with an inherent trust in the government. And I think if you were born in the last, I don't know, 50 years or 60 years, you have an inherent distrust of the government. Like, is given an example of um, during COVID, Sweden didn't have any restrictions, but the government said, hey, if you're old or immunocompromised, stay home. And people listen to that. If the government tells us to do something, a lot of people just aren't going to do it. And it's just a different way of thinking. So like the government saying, hey, get vaccinated. 100% of the country is not going to do it. I feel like if Sweden, I don't know if Sweden's vaccination rates are, but I feel like more people do it because there's an inherent trust.
1: So just from my final thoughts on this whole uh, immigration thing and refugees and taking the people, I don't really, I don't, we should have an immigration lawyer on. We should have someone who knows, but that's not our show. We just talking about our thing. But what I feel like the most In life, it's not how you treat when things are good. It's how you deal with things when things are bad, right? For instance, like, you know, I've worked at a radio station. It's not how I treat the people I see all the time. To me, it's how do I treat the janitor and the the guy that's taking out the trash. To me, how do I treat the least person in my company is truly the measure of how I am. I think that matters for our country as well. How do we treat the people that have walked all the way from Uruguay to get here? Do we just say like, hey... Stay under a bridge. I don't know the answer, but it. I feel like this is kind of a biblical term. Comes from First John. Blah blah blah. However, you take care of the least of them is how you are judged as a society. I don't know if we do that really well.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. But then I guess um, a not. Like put, the argument is to what end? Like when you know there's more people that want to come here than yeah. we can handle what do you do? And that's kind of the macro and the micro. The micro is this person walked here from Uganda, not Uganda, Uruguay. Like what, what are you going to do with them? Oh, I need to have compassion. I'll find a place where they can live with you, but then, okay, that line goes on for however long at some point that we can't do that.
1: Um, have you ever been to a, a naturalization ceremony? Uh,
0: I have not been to one, but I built a uh, office in San Antonio that, that, does them is, is that like saying i'm not a doctor but i stayed at a holiday inn last night is that the same thing <laughs> no it was interesting uh talking with the gsa people uh general uh government service agency about how important the naturalization ceremony room is like it's taken very seriously and it's meant to be a very very um important process and they put a lot of time and effort into it and i appreciated that but i'm guessing you've been to one
1: yeah there's powerful it's a powerful thing if you ever get a chance for a friend or whatever to go yeah Go. Go.
0: i have a friend from india that's in the process and maybe oh, if nice. he uh, if he gets in he'll 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 invite me but uh if you're trying to come to the u.s and you want to stay with larry please reach out do it find us at reposted podcast on facebook twitter instagram i'm andrew for walking larry thanks for stopping by